What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Ivy League Mindset Podcast. This is episode 11. This week, I sit down with my man, Victor Addis. We chat about overcoming injuries, the mental side of it. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Ivy League Mindset. Today, we're with my man, Victor. A couple weeks ago, Victor posted a picture on Instagram of a bad injury that he had biking a couple years ago. And I thought it would be a perfect episode to sort of chat about how sometimes the bones can heal, but still mentally you're not all there when you want to get back out on it. And Hawk and I have talked about my injury that I had a couple years ago, so just thought it would be good to uh, chat about it. Victor, why don't you give us a little bit of an intro of what you do, who you are. So my name is Victor Addis. Uh, I'm a real estate agent at Prime Real Estate. Uh, I joined Justin and his team earlier this year. Uh, previous to that, I was working as an outside sales rep uh, in the bicycle industry. Um, it's ironic, I know. Um, so I was doing that for a couple of years. Grew up working in a bike shop, so cycling has been a big part of my life for, I would say, the majority of my life. It's been a big part. Uh, and then uh, I love talking to people. You know, love interacting and having that communication with people. So, you know, real estate was a really natural fit from that standpoint. So I guess we'll just get into it. A couple weeks ago, you posted a picture about you breaking your collarbone, right? Oh, yeah, so I did my collarbone in uh, August or sorry, October 2016, uh, and had a crash, broken three spots. I had to get plate 13 screws. Uh, plate screws are still in there. You can feel them. You know, I, I can feel them when you run your hand across my or run my hand across my collarbone. I can feel all the bumps, and I can, I can count ten of them. So there's two that are somewhere. In yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did that. It was uh, it was a race weekend. It was really racing. Funny thing is, it didn't happen in the race. Um, so raced Friday, Saturday. Uh, so practice Friday and Saturday. Race Sunday. Um, and then after the race, we just hang out with some buddies. It's like, hey, let's go do a couple fun laps. Um, so downhill mountain biking yeah, is what we were doing uh, in Vermont. So we were there end of the day, going down. A jump that I kind of been hitting on and off all weekend. I was like, ah, whatever, just cruising through. I didn't take into consideration how tired I was. After you know, two and a half days of a lot of riding, we probably did you know almost ten thousand feet descending over those three days. Um, it was one of those spots where I was like, ah, charge into it, pull up, and as soon as I left the lip, I was like, I'm not gonna make this. Jump was about thirty feet probably, and just came up short. Tried to absorb it, kind of, as soon as I left the lip, I was like, I'm not going to make this. So I'm like, trying to breathe, you know, you kind of, instinct takes over, you know you're going to crash. Uh, tried to absorb it, and I just couldn't absorb all of it. Crash, got pitched over, car wheeled down the hill, uh, stood up, and I was kind of like, I'm like, I knew, you know, I thought I dislocated my shoulder initially. Like, moving my arm around, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, it's good, I think I'm all right, tell him, yeah, I'm fine. My good friend Brandon Castle, um, I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna look, I'm look. So he pulls my, my jersey down, and he's like, "You're, you know, your car was in a W, basically." He's like, "You're not fine. Like, you're, you're hurt." So go down to the car, um, and then you know, like I was saying before, we took camera on. You know, my previous injury, I was injured in the states as well, and I learned that I was like, "I don't like U.S. hospitals." So I was like, "You know what?" T3s, get in the car, so I drove myself home, you know, it's about a nine hour drive, mm-hmm. went to bed that night, went up, got up, went to Victoria Hospital, sorry, yeah, St. Joe's Hospital in the morning, and just kind of be like, yeah, 
you're having surgery tomorrow. So it was quick. Like it was, they're like they didn't try and oh, we might be able to fix it. They stepped out of there like you're having surgery. Yeah, it always seems to happen on those like easy runs. Like you've done it before a million times. That's where like the the worst injuries always seem to happen. You know, it, it really was. And like I said, at the end of the day, like, it was just a cruising. Like you know, race was over. Just wanted to have some fun. Um, and just totally got caught off guard. And like my previous injury, um, it's a little bit of history. Two years before that, I had a crash and had to have my elbow, my elbow replaced. Uh, again, I'm not my crash. And I finally learned my lesson from that. You know, don't ever take things for granted. Always be aware. Always kind of know your situation. Um, but I think it was just one of those things where I got maybe a little cocky, you know, and just went for it when I had really no business at that time of day after racing a weekend I'm like you know in hindsight I was like I was such an idiot but it is what it is so how long did it take you to physically recover from that injury so physically so I had surgery that following week uh, plated screwed um, and I would say I was moving my arm within probably two weeks of that I always push my rehab really far any time I've had surgery. I, I like to be sore, I like to really push the limits of it. Um, so I would say I was back using, you know, full range of motion, motion movement by Christmas time, which is about seven, eight weeks um, after surgery. So standard timeline for most collarbones, I think, from right. like I've ever, you know, done or heard about. Um, yeah, I was back using by Christmas time. It wasn't probably until January, February though, where I could put it, like, I, I could do a bench press. There's just, there's, I need part mental, part physical, just, I'm like, if I push, how is my clock going to hold up, right? Is it yeah. going to pop, you know, pull the, the plate off? Is it going to, you know, because it, it needs to fuse together. They say it's fused after the seven weeks, I believe is what the time they gave me. But in terms of, like, structural, like, there's still some gaps in the bone, you know, things aren't completely healed, even though it's healed. Yeah, yeah, like, you think you're good, you go to do that one bench press and you pop it out and you're back to square one. That's just right. So I was, I was very cautious that way. Um, but like yeah, driving, doing things, cooking, using both hands by Christmas. And then I want to say it was probably February before I was starting to kind of back in the gym, back doing this kind of that normal stuff for me. See, so you, you basically had like the whole off-season off-bound bike then to recover? Like when does it start back up? Pretty well. Like, yeah, I mean, like, guys are going to start going hard. Uh, early April is when I started riding quite a bit up here. Um, I, the group of guys I ride with, we typically go down south once a month. Um, we actually have a trip coming up again in November to go down to Tennessee to do a weekend's worth of riding. So we usually try and sneak it in there just to help break out the monotony in winter, getting away, getting some riding in. And then also, yeah, it's kind of keep those skills you know, somewhat sharp yeah. um, you know, for that. So yeah, so that winter, nothing. And then uh, when you got back into it in the spring, yeah. did your mindset all change when you got back on the bike? It did. Um, so after that, I really slowed down. Um, at that, up to that point, uh, I'd been racing. I would, I thought, you know, it was a, for me a very high level. Um, growing up, I was never really a natural athlete. Um, I had to work for anything I ever wanted athletically. Um, so I put a lot of time in, you know, I was winning races up and down the East Coast of the U.S. in the amateur 1929 category, which was always a very competitive category uh, in that discipline. And then, you know, that's, you know, that summer of 2017, um, 
I really made that, I, I would say not a conscious decision, but I started questioning my skill skill set and you know, did I want to take that risk? Because I knew, like, I, like I said, I raced for years, so I had an idea of what um, you know, the consequences were. But it wasn't until that one injury in 2014 and then that following two years in 2016 where I, like, I'm missing months at a time. And it's not just affecting like racing wise, like that's one aspect of my life, but like work wise, like even though I was working in sales, like you're still trying to cart samples around, you're still trying to get up and talk to people and meet people. It's tough to do that when you're either on crutches or a sling or you're in a brace. Um, so I definitely did. I was like, okay, either I keep racing like, you know, like a maniac and riding a bunch and really pushing those limits, knowing full well that other risks that come along with that, or I scale it back to 70% and start, you know, pushing my career to 100%. And that's the way I decided to go, was just try to push it, you know, on a career side as opposed to like the physical activity side. Yeah. Now, when you had your very first injury back in 2014, yeah. did you have that same like mindset when you first started out and then like got lax when you, got your, when you had your second injury or were you just like back at it, not thinking about career, not thinking about anything, just wanted to ride again? Yeah. So like I, after that injury in 2014, I did switch disciplines actually. Um, I was racing down on that full time, switched over to uh, what was at the time called enduro mountain biking, and still is basically where you have to climb to the top and then race down, okay. as opposed to always taking the lift up. Um, complicated, convoluted, uh, it's a whole other subject. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to describe enduro mountain biking, but essentially, yeah, you know, on the downhill side, you take a trail to the top, on the enduro side, there's a good chunk of time where you have to pedal to the top of the mountain. Um, so, I, you know, I switched over to that. At the time, the courses weren't as aggressive. Uh, races weren't, they didn't require such physical risk um, on the descent side. Tons of physical risk going up. Like you had, like your heart rate had to be good. Like it's physically more challenging, like I said. For sure. You know, that one weekend we probably climbed almost 10,000 feet. Yeah. Um, so it was a different challenge, which I was really into without having the high consequence of downhill racing. Um, as that sport has now progressed over the last, you know, that was 2014, so over the last five years, it's just as, if not more physically dangerous um, than down the racing. The speeds aren't quite as high, but because you're having to traverse mountain ranges and do all that climbing, you're not wearing nearly as much protection as well. So it's a bit of give and take there. So, yeah. you know, people will argue that it's not as physically hard, you know, risky as down racing. I'll argue the other way just because, yeah, you, one, you're on your bike for longer, so the chances of attacking is higher. You're not just racing one stage, you're racing upwards of seven or eight stages. Uh, and the speeds really aren't that much slower. So I changed that, dis- I changed over to that discipline. And then like I said, as that's now progressed, I even scaled that back. Okay. Um, just because again, again, mentally I'm not willing to push that limit that I was when I was, you know, 26, 27 years old. Yeah. Now do you think if you never had that accident with your collarbone, yep. you would be scaling back today or? That's so hard. I, no one's actually ever asked that question. Um, I think to a certain point, yeah. Um, would have been after that in 20, you know, 2017, probably not. I probably would have gone pretty hard uh, that year, you know, for that following summer after that injury. At this point, like, you know, today in 2020, almost, it was 2019, almost in 2020, I probably would have. Um, I probably would have been a little bit you know, faster, per se. Uh, without that injury, uh, but yeah, I definitely would scale it back. Just so I knew that at, at that point, like I knew I was kind of, I, I knew I guess at that point it was never going to pay the bills. So uh, you know, at some point you have to make that choice. You know, 
I need to focus on a career. What's, what's going to provide me a good quality of living and life sure. from a career standpoint? So I, I knew I was getting towards the end of that a little bit. Um, so yeah, I probably would have scaled it back to what point? I don't know. Yeah. And like now we're it's 27, we're like two years out from that injury now, almost. Uh, so, that, so that happened fall 2016. Uh, so yeah, basically three years. Yeah. yeah. So when you, like this past season, when you go out, is it still in the back of your mind when you're out there? Like, have you forgot about it at all or? Still feel it actually. It is, it's uh, so I, if I'm spending the weekends on the bike, it's my, my elbow gets sore from that injury and then also my collarbone as well. Like I, I feel it and I constantly think of it all the time because there's not a lot of fat there. You feel, anytime you take a shower, you feel that injury. You see the scar every time you look in the mirror. Um, so yeah, it's always there in my mind. And I just, yeah, in the back of my head, like if I crash the right way, it's gonna cause a ton of problems. My surgeon even said, she's like, if you crash on this, you're in for a lot of surgery. Like re-injured. Yeah, if I, like, if I crash, break that again, I'm not just breaking bone, I'm bending metal, pulling screws out. She's like, I literally will have to start from scratch. Pull everything, she's gone, one turn to take everything apart. You'll have to let it sit for a couple days, let that calm down in the hospital, go in for another surgery, put it all back together again, and then you can start healing. So that's always kind of resonated in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, that's not worth, like I said, I'm not, I'm not making millions of dollars doing this. This is a hobby, it's a sport at this point in, in my life. It's you know a risky sport, but it's a super fun sport, very rewarding if you know, it goes right. But I'm, you know, I'm weighing the risk more now than I like, than I was back then. Like just like, always thinking, like, you know, do I need to go that five seconds faster? Do I need to hit that jump? You know, that slightly bigger jump, right? It's just, it's always there back then. Yeah, that's interesting because I know like a lot of people, if they were told if you injure this again or if this happens again, like that you're going through that much more pain or whatever. For a lot of people that might like stop them in their tracks and just quit their sport that you must really love it to be able to like put that in the back of your head and not let it affect it that much for sure i i, yeah, I love cycling like some of my best friends that i have come from cycling um it's been a great sport it's allowed me to see some amazing places up and down the east coast of uh, canada and america um met some amazing people through it so it's always there and like, in my mind it's just me riding the trail at that time. Like, you know, trees typically don't move, rocks typically don't move. Yeah. So it's just, it, it, there's going to be an accident and like something's going to happen. It's on my own accord. It's me controlling, you know, that those variables with speed. And so in my own mind, as long as I can kind of keep myself checked, I, I, you know, I'm never going to give it up. Um, it's when, you know, things feel really good for a couple hours and you start pushing those limits, you kind of, find myself more so now, okay, just chill out. Like you're not you're not gonna be the best in the world with this. Just relax. Like you yeah, don't yeah. prove anything. I think it's a lot of it too is I got to a point where I wasn't trying to prove things to other people. Like I, I'm like, you know what, I've won races, I've done my thing. It's not just for fun. And I think once I got comfortable with that and my own kind of skin I guess in a way, um it's okay to not finish first. It's okay to finish tenth. Yeah. Like, we talk about that a lot, like checking your ego, right? Yeah. 
Like it's just like if you're going to start working out again, like you know you can't go bench when you bench five years ago or whatever it might be. Yeah. And just having that maturity now to be able to check your ego and know that it's just a hobby, it's just for fun, it's not something crazy. I think it's, it's, it's that maturity level of being comfortable where you're at and happy with where you're at and not having to just to risk it all for in what the grand scheme of things is very little glory. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of great people, you know, when we go to these races and I'm talking about like these high level races, like like the most I ever won was like hundred bucks. <laughs> like it's like it's not a lot of money. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm not, you're not becoming a millionaire racing mountain bikes in North America. Um, it's definitely more for the passion. Um, yeah. you know like the joke that me and a lot of buddies have is you know, you win these races, you spend hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars over the course of a season, and you might win some tires. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's really, it's always been about that, you know, that, you know, that push to improve yourself, you know, you know, how can I best myself on that day? Um, and for a long time, for me, it was, that's racing with how I did that. Now, that's real estate. Like, how can I best serve my clients, do my best work, and I've taken that energy and put it over in the yeah, that's awesome. Um, maybe to conclude here uh, for our listeners, like an injury like that is almost like comparable to like a big failure, right? Like you tried something, you didn't, it didn't happen. You got to recover from that one. What kind of advice would you give them to uh, maybe overcome a failure or overcome an injury like that or anything like that, just to get like the mind back right to get back into it? I think you you have to. I kind of hinted at earlier. Um, if you if you're willing to try something, you have to be willing to fail. And it's the same thing racing. If you're willing to push those limits to the point where you can crash, you have to be willing to deal with those consequences if and when that happens. So for me, like once I got my head around mentally, okay, I'm there's going to be crashes, things are going to happen. I was able to push harder and further at the time, um, knowing that these are the risks, these are the consequences I could deal with. So in terms of getting over those, before that even happens, prepare yourself. For that outcome, like obviously racing, I never wanted to have surgery, I never wanted to have to have a metal plate in my collarbone, but I knew at the point and the level I was racing at the speeds I was going, that was a possibility. And so what happened, I was like, okay, cool, deal with it, you know, deal with surgery. I, for me, like I said, I push hard on rehab. Some people, you know, not to get into like political stuff, but like become drug dependent. Um, which is obviously, you know, we're doing that a lot of lot more so in the US, they're dealing with opioid crisis. Um, but it's having a good support system around you. Um, my girlfriend at the time, she was very nice and helped make lunches and <laughs> carry stuff around. Um, so it was, it was great there, like having a good support staff. And then, like I said, for me, those guys I raced with, those guys I arrived with, I leaned on them too. Like, you know, even when that happened, that's the week still hang out, we still chat. So that I didn't lose that aspect of it. Um, well, yeah, I just think that's for, you know, anytime you're willing to take a shot, whether that be, you know, a new challenge, a physical risk or physical cha- um, challenge, just, you know, mentally prepare for, you know, what could happen from that. And for me, like that's, you know, that's what helped get, get me through is I knew what could happen. So when, I, when it did happen, I wasn't like super bummed out. Like, cool, I'm off by three weeks. I'll deal with it and I'll be back. Yeah, I like that. You sort of prepare yourself in advance. You don't ever want it to happen, but when it does, you're ready for it, right? For sure, right? Yeah, I think it's like I said, you know, to, you, you have to be aware of what could happen. Even though, like I said, you don't want it to, want it to happen, but if, you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try and bash past 500 pounds, you might tear a pack. Yeah. It can happen, yeah, right? So sure. you have to, you know, I, I think 
think it's naive to think that that isn't a possibility. Um, anytime you're pushing physically on the mental side, yeah, being prepared to, to deal with some consequences is important. Awesome. And uh, our fans want to get a hold of you. How can they find you? Uh, Instagram is the best way to do it. Um, Victor.addis uh, on Instagram. Super simple. V-I-C-T-O-R dot A-D-D-I-S. Um, that's the best way to kind of keep track of me and, and follow me on there. And if you're a pizza fan, every Tuesday, this man's got one Ontario pizza reviews. I just did one today, but so the funny so we did one together. I went and did one today. I went to say where it was. Say where, say where it was. Um, but they did a poppy seed. No, sorry, sesame seed around the crust. It's interesting. <laughs> it wasn't. It's not bad. Like it's not bad at all. Um, new, it's a new pizza spot out of Hyde Park. And okay. I was like, okay, got it. And I, like I was, I took a bite and I was like, huh, this is not what I was expecting. Nice. So yeah, every pizza reviews every Tuesday, and um, we'll link all that stuff in the show notes below for Victor. And thanks, guys. Until next time. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in to another episode. Really hope you enjoyed that one. Like always, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. We always love to hear what you guys think. If you'd like to see the video version of this, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for Ivy League Mindset. If you'd like to get a hold of Victor, you can find him on Instagram, victor.addis. I'll link that up in the show notes below. And like always, if you'd like to get a hold of us on Instagram, at Ivy League Mindset, and for Hawk, it's at Hawk Nation and myself, at Dan DeLulo. Until next time, cheers, guys.